Hey everyone, this is Abigail and Grace, and you're listening to the first episode of our podcast, The Social Soapbox, where we say the word passion about a thousand times in just an hour. So we're excited you're here. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Grace. How are you doing? Hey, Abigail. Well, uh, I'm very excited for this. I am pumped. I'm so giggly. <laughs> I know, me too. I think it's like when I'm nervous, I start laughing. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. But it's a good, a good, um, a good little nervousness and yeah, excitement. I think it's exciting because I think this is something that both of us would say we've always kind of dreamed of doing, but never had the balls to do it so yeah no we've had countless conversations of starting something like this or even just having conversations like this and so I'm really excited to actually be doing something about it yeah me too and just for anyone listening Grace and I are looking at each other on a zoom call while holding up our iPhones. so this is which I think is partly why I'm so giggly is because I can (laughs) just see her but I feel like I'm talking to somebody else. I know. <laughs> That's so fair. Technology. Well, like I said, we're really excited. I'm very proud of the name because I think it embodies kind of what we're hoping to gain from doing this. Um, and we'd love to just kind of like talk a little bit about why we started it and why we feel like passion is so important to have and giving people an opportunity to share their soapbox and share the things that they're super passionate about. Um, So Grace and I can kind of figure out the things that we're passionate about. Yeah. I was going to say, let's, let's maybe start there. Um, The social soapbox. What, (laughs) what does that mean? Where did that name come from? I mean, the whole gamut of, conversations (laughs) and ideas that came from um I think it really started from our conversation we had last week together when I sent you that podcast from Brene Brown Mm -hmm. where she was interviewing Sue Monk Kid about longings and how longings are the most eloquent way that our soul speaks to us and that kind of hit me because I'm someone who is very passionate. Grace and I both are, which is, you know, why we love having these conversations and why I sent her the TED talk. I mean, not the TED talk, <laughs> the podcast when I heard it. Um, because we are both people who really desire, I feel like, justice and desire to be passionate about something and to give our lives to something. But sometimes it's hard for us to pinpoint what exactly that's going to be. And I told her that I kind of almost envy people who have just that thing that they're super passionate about, you know, for Brene Brown, she does shame research. And I just think that's so unique and so cool. And I always wonder, you know, how do you, how do you get on something like shame research and then just decide that like, I'm going to commit my life to this. Um, Yeah. So we were kind of having that conversation and talking about how every time Grace and I leave a conversation together, I'm always, we're both always inspired to go do something. Yeah. Last week it was minimalism, you know, (laughs) it's going to be this week. And so just wanting to document kind of our journeys. Um, so that's sort of how it started. And if you want to jump off of that. Yeah, I think, well, one, that podcast that Abigail sent me was perfect because we talk about our longings all the time and figuring out what, what our soul really longs for. And mm-hmm. she mentioned we're both passionate people, but we're the kind of people that get passionate about really anything like literally anything you yes see hype people for you and we are we are there. we're there we're there I mean I I am passionate about some something different every week yeah. and Abigail's the same way and I think that's why we have such engaging and just passion-filled conversations because <laughs> yeah. we're always talking about just how much we care about you know, I don't know. The other day I, I told her that I'm really passionate about um, people not sitting in the left-hand lane. I hate it when people do that. And I will <laughs> literally just go off on how much I hate it. And, uh, you know, passion and hate, they go hand in hand a little bit. Yes. But Oh, yes. The quote. I, I do want to highlight. Yes. Well, from I'm right now reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
because you know we all love financial literacy um and but he had a quote in there that he said passion is anger and love combined and I feel like that was so good and so telling it is it is and I think that I mean that goes that kind of dives really a lot deeper into what passion really is and Mm -hmm. why it's important to us and really you know it was kind of us having this conversation about passions and you know the things that people just can't not talk about the things that overflow out of us that we want to just share with people the the stories that we've experienced or the way that we feel about a certain topic or something that we it just overflows out of us that we want to have these conversations with people because we really care because Mm -hmm. either something has you know stirred up some sort of anger in us or you know we have a, a deep deep love for another thing and um those combined allows us to ignite a passion within us that mm-hmm. we then want to go and do something about which <laughs> I feel like Abigail and I have had countless <laughs> conversations over our friendship of things that we want to do and things that we just care so much about and wouldn't it be amazing if somebody did this and we've never actually really done anything no. about it so well, we'll do it for like a week and then <laughs> And, and for any of you Enneagram lovers, if it helps shed yes. light, I'm a seven wing eight. So. And I'm an eight unknown wing. I yeah, haven't nice. really nailed it down yet, but it would be fun if I was an eight wing seven. Honestly, it would. Let's just, let's just have you. You can, I mean, you can self-identify as whatever you want. You know, do you want to be an you're eight right. wing seven? You're an eight wing seven. So. There you go. And honestly, I'd believe it because it's the same way of like the seven in me, you know, constantly needing something new and something exciting but yeah and then the eight in me like fighting for justice and wanting things to be right and fair I mean literally when I cook meals for Kyle I split up our dinners exactly like I mean if we're having coconut shrimp we each get the same amount of coconut shrimp like that is how my brain operates even though Kyle's like I'm I'm a man I probably need to eat a little bit more than you I'm like (laughs) nope it's not fair if you get four and I only get this is justice so i i don't work like that but also i do love coconut shrimp so (laughs) there's that there's that um well yeah and then when we started kind of talking about okay well how do we figure out what that thing is that we want to commit ourselves to and be passionate about because i think being so all over the place it's hard because i think deep down i'd love to just be really all in for one thing Mm -hmm. um and kind of my mantra when we left college that I learned in because in college Grace that's where Grace and I met we met in college Texas A&M we love it um but we were both so passionate about so many things and I loved learning about a bajillion different things we both studied nonprofit in college and so we were exposed to I mean every issue under the sun (laughs) and I wanted to take in the knowledge about every single issue there was. And then I realized that's super exhausting and it's kind of impractical to have an opinion about everything (laughs) in the world. (laughs) So my mantra when I left now has kind of been to pick your hill. Like you don't get to die on every hill, you know, you, you pick the hill to die on and you die hard on that hill. But when you die on every hill, it's just, there, to, to, yeah, I was going to say, to die on a hill takes a lot of energy. To be passionate about something takes a lot of energy, especially if that passion turns into a career or mm-hmm. a job or, you know, uh, volunteering somewhere or whatever it is. The, even just talking to everybody you can at a cocktail party can sometimes <laughs> be exhausting if you're trying to you know, share this conversation or this topic or all there is to know about this one thing. Um, and doing that with seven different topics can be exhausting. And so, um, and also like we only have so many resources. We, us as humans can only do so much. And so I think, you know, choosing your battles, picking your hills is a really important concept. And it's so, I think, hard for both of us to really just hone in on one or two things because, we care about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think both of us, like she mentioned, uh, being nonprofit majors or studying it in college, um, really, for me, that's where I felt like, like my, my eyes were opened to one, how many issues that I could get passionate about, uh, but also to what I could do about it. And I, I started to be able to see that my life could revolve around a topic that I am passionate about. And, you know, I have the opportunity to use my voice in ways that I never really realized before I was studying it in school. And so for me, that, that passion really developed. I'm going to say passion about a thousand times. Uh, I have already much overused. Um, But you know, that desire really rose in me to, I don't know, do something and to care and to have conversations that challenge my mindset and to really grow and and learn to love people's stories and uh, allow the things that they're passionate about to ignite a fire in me as well. Yeah. What, what do you think it is about that fire that makes you like want it so much like in your soul and ignite it in other people? I don't know. I think I've been changed so much by hearing the things that other people are passionate about yeah um for I mean for example the podcast that you sent us what I mean I think what there are three girls being interviewed two or three two um but yeah yeah, they each talked about issues that they really care about and experiences that they had had in their lives that had either you know changed their their thought process or their thinking or their um what word am I trying not like I'm trying to think of who you are as a being identity <laughs> yes thank you um you. just oh yeah or kind of trans- transition their identity and all this kind of stuff just through having conversations with other people and diving into something that they've discovered that they're really passionate about and I think that passion is so important because it allows us to really one give our lives to something but it allows us to passion is something that I don't know I guess um pushes us into action that can really change other people as well so I think that it's so important to not only care about something because I mean that's a good thing to have in life is like dedication and grit and a purpose but I think sharing your passions with other people is so important because it changes people. And just as I've been changed by other people's stories, and I'm sure you could say something similar, but um, I don't know. I think if we all just walked around very like a passionless world reminds me (laughs) of just a lot of really lazy, lethargic people and nothing would ever get done and nobody would ever be challenged. I think when we, when we're challenged, whether it's in our thought process or um, our belief systems, that's when we are really, that's when one, our belief systems grow deeper, but that's also when we grow. And so I don't know. I think the whole, the whole concept of passion and topics and the soapboxes um, is, is really, really important. What would you say? Yeah. Well, do you want to uh, elaborate a little bit more on why we called it the social soapbox? Oh, sure. So <laughs> we were having, Abigail and I were having this conversation of, you know, we should start a podcast. And really the the initial goal was to just record our journey and figuring out, yeah, you know, what what we're passionate about and having conversations with people to hopefully really expose us to things you can be passionate about. And along the way, maybe we can figure out those one or two hills yeah. that we want to die on. And uh, <laughs> we were having this conversation and I mentioned that one of my favorite, you know, icebreaker questions that I like to ask people is... Just casual, non-in-depth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> because you always learn so much about what somebody yeah. really cares about. Um, I always ask people hey, what's your soapbox topic? You know, if you were, if you had the opportunity to get on stage 
and or you know give a TED talk what what would it be if you could if you could hold people's attention for 30 minutes what would you just want to share and like I said I love that question because it it really allows you to see into the people's hearts and what they care about and I think behind just the surface of what we are passionate about is a reason and usually an experience that has caused us to relate to whatever that is or Mm -hmm. you know the the stories we have are because of the the lives that we've lived and the things that have happened to us or the things that we've done and you get to learn so much about a person's life and uh, their view on the world, which I think is really just important and interesting. And I love hearing what people are passionate about. So we were having this conversation and I mentioned the soapbox topic. And so that is kind of where we got the soapbox part of it. Abigail, I love what you, I don't know. It's just a good reminder. I think we just need to keep in mind that so much of what we fight for and so many of the things that people are passionate about come from their life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's sad because I feel like we've forgotten that and we take so much to fighting for over-politicized topics. But for some people, those they fight for those things because they've experienced injustice or they've experienced hurt in that area. And so instead of saying, instead of, asking deeper questions about people's lives and asking why are you passionate about that thing talk to me about your story we immediately try to go for I don't know just like aggressive fights and we go Mm -hmm. for protests instead of trying to just understand people and understand their stories and I think that your perspective on people I don't know I've kind of always had this mindset when you hear someone's story and you hear their life story and you hear their testimony, it almost becomes like impossible to, to still like hate and judge and, and have such animosity towards someone Um, because you see like their heart and you see the things that they've experienced in their life. And you start realizing this person is just as much of a human as I am. And they've gone through some really hard things that I have never gone through or things that I have gone through and I know how hard they are and you kind of the empathy grows you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's what the world kind of lacks right now is just empathy and understanding Mm -hmm. and the only way we're ever gonna progress like as a society is when we're able to put our arms down and say let's work towards a middle ground let's work towards finding a common solution and I think that comes when empathy is more of the driving factor versus like hate and animosity. And I think I was, I was telling you the other day, you know, I think sometimes when we listen to people and I've been guilty of it too, when I hear someone talking about something they're passionate about, if it's, you know, kind of like a spicy hot topic, (laughs) my, like I start immediately thinking, do I agree or do I disagree with you? Mm -hmm. Like instead of listening to their story and listening to like, what they're saying, my mind is thinking, am I on your side or am I against you? And that's so detrimental. That's detrimental to growth. That's detrimental to my friendships. It's detrimental to like my personal growth. And it, it's, it's a good thing to be aware of when you're doing it. Cause now kind of my goal has been to, I want to hear your story and I don't, I want us to be friends at the end of it. One of my best friends, we we talk all the, t- we, her and I disagree on almost, on almost every topic you could come up with. We probably have different opinions, but I love because our friendship, we, we always make it important to prioritize our friendship above these things that, you know, we disagree on because we're more than that. We're more than these topics, you know, but I think it's also important to give the floor to people so they can share their stories and share the things that they're passionate about. Um, because it allows us to understand more things. And I think when we're aware of more things, but then we're able to like give ourselves to one specific passion, you can actually create a lot of change there. And you can create a lot of growth and progress when you're able to give your whole self instead of being inch wide, mile deep in mm-hmm. multiple things. No, yeah. I think that's a, a really great point that you mentioned of just the empathy that is built when you're able to actually uh, you know, put your defenses down and yeah. just listen for the sake of hearing somebody's story. I mean, I can yeah. think about things that I've been through or experiences that I've had that I've tried to share with people. And it just, 
falls on deaf ears or defensive ears. And you, it's just so frustrating because you're all you really want to do is to be heard and they're refusing to listen. And I think that when thinking about, you know, if I think about 10 years down the line, when I've hopefully decided on something that I'm passionate <laughs> about, or, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure passion is dynamic. So maybe we're just don't. passionate about passion. You know? Yeah, I'm just passionate. <laughs> about, honestly, I, it, it might be. But when I think about, you know, say, say we're to become, I really care about um, sex trafficking, or being against sex trafficking. And um, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People get confused. Um <laughs> But, and like, I start a nonprofit and I am so invested in, you know, stopping all sex trafficking around the world, whatever, just an example. But if I'm doing that and I've never heard the stories of the people that I'm working for, or I've never heard the stories of people who are even on the other end or on the opposing end, or uh, if I've never heard, if I don't have a a full 360 view of the issue that I am approaching, then I'm going to have such a narrow impact because I'm not going to even really comprehend what it is that I'm doing. And I think that's something that I really love when it comes to sharing people's stories and hearing them. And I love having conversations with people who completely different disagree with me because I think that it challenges my mindset and it also allows me to see that with some things there is no right or wrong it's just it really isn't and there isn't even necessarily two sides it's just your view versus mine which I guess creates two sides (laughs) but (laughs) no but I get that I think that sometimes we I think we feel an obligation to have opinions about things yes you know, I think with with news and with the, just it's like you can't without like with being offend like offending people with all these different things. Like it's almost like you feel like you have to have an opinion on everything, and therefore I have to be on the side about everything. And there's so much freedom in just saying I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I think, and I've started to learn that a whole lot more. Of I'm gonna take my time to hear all sides, and sometimes when I do that, I'm just. I'm more at a loss of what I agree or disagree with, you know, and I think that's okay. But I think that it requires you to humble yourself and say, I don't know everything. Everything in the world is not black and white. And if I want to make progress towards something that I'm really passionate about or towards an injustice that I see in the world, it's going to require me to understand all points of view and all stories that are mm-hmm. affected by this and you bring, bring up sex trafficking makes me think of IJM and makes me think of nonprofits like that that go in and change they kind of change like the legal systems of these places <laughs> where trafficking is very common and I think what that's doing is allowing because they're they're seeing they're trying to figure out what the root of the problem is yes and they're trying to figure out why 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 are people subjecting why are people allowing this to happen in the first place? Is there some type of systemic problem? Is there some type of, you know, what's the necessity that people feel the need to do this? You know, and I think, or I think of Mercy Project, you yeah. know, who, who frees um, young boys out of fisheries and who saw the problem that, you know, the fishermen needed people to work these things and they actually had bad fishing methods. And so instead of, just taking the boys I mean they free the boys out but they also didn't see I don't know I thought it was such an eye-opening thing for me learning about this nonprofit because they didn't see the men who were you know enslaving these boys as the most yeah. evil people in the world they saw it as people acting out of desperation and they said okay what's the problem that they're trying to solve by by doing this and so if we can actually figure out the systemic problem then we can fix it from the root and so, you know, and so they went in and they taught these people how to, like, have more sustainable fishing methods. So they yeah. don't even need, they don't even need, like, to use, you know. They know, created a fishing thing. product to give them so that they wouldn't need to rely on boys that, you know, need to be enslaved so that they can feed their families. They yeah. got to the root of it, exactly what you're saying, and created something that changed the whole process 
of fishing, which is, you know, a huge system for them and a huge reliance. And I just think that's so cool. No, yeah, I love, we learned a lot about, we learned a lot about some cool nonprofits when we were in college. So I think, and I think there's just, you feel this tug on your soul. That might be a little deep, but it's how I feel. Whenever you hear these stories of these people who committed themselves to solving some type of systemic issue and who said, let's find, let's find the root of it. Let's not, let's use empathy. Let's listen to the fishermen's stories. Let's listen to everyone's stories and make a difference and not just, I don't know. I think I also, in all honesty, I'm just tired of talking about issues all the time. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to do something about these things that I care about. And I think that our times, it kind of talks about, Grace sent me a TED Talk today, talking about the importance of our 20s and how our 20s, you're, you're building identity capital. And you're, this is kind of the last point where your brain is developing as an adult. And so the things that you want to change about yourself, the personality aspects, the things that you want your identity to be about – like, this is the time to figure it out, you know? And I think it really motivated me to say, okay, if if I want to be that person who gets to go into places and really change things about some issue, now's the time to really figure out what I want that to be and what I want to commit myself to for, you know, the rest of my life. And it's not to say you can't be interested and passionate about a whole bunch of things, but I just think there's value in going, you know inch wide mile deep versus mile wide inch deep yeah when it comes to actually being able to give the time and the effort into something in order to actually see lasting change in your lifetime you know absolutely and I think you bringing up that TED talk it brings up just so much goodness if you've, ne- if you've never seen it or listened to it we'll figure out how to link it or get it into your hands. Wipe up. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're not, in, I don't know how to do this, yeah, but we'll not, figure it not, out for not, you because yeah. you've got to listen to it. But it, it really, what I took away from that, that Ted talk is our twenties are such a pivotal time for us. And I think, you know, we live in the South. We, you know, the culture that we're around isn't really, the mindset of like, oh, your life starts when you're 30. A lot of people start our lives really young. But I do think that that there are a lot of people who look at 20-somethings and think, you know, you, you, you're you so, you're just still learning. You're an apprentice. There's you're such a baby, all this kind of stuff, which I hear you and I agree. I feel 12 years old every day. But I do think that your 20s are such a pivotal time to really be able to try things out and to fail and to, you know, yeah, run into something wholeheartedly and to have it come up completely dry. And you're pivoting so much so that when you do get to, it doesn't even have to be your 30s. Timelines are timelines whatever but whenever you do get to a Time place isn't real yeah exactly the coronavirus has taught us anything oh gosh um but once you get to a place where yeah. you do find what you care about and you're you know you're kind of hitting this stride I guess that you know you can look back and you can really trace the journey of how you got there and you can yeah. you know some people get it on the first try and like hey you go girl or guy whatever yeah. like that's awesome for me, we had some momentary time. Sorry about that. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you were going on your rant about how some people don't, who some people can get it right the first time, but the reality is most of us don't. Yes. And it takes trying and failing at a whole lot of things exactly. to get to the right thing. I you did. Thank you. you. I apologize. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I knew where I knew where you were going, and I appreciated it. And it's true. And I think it takes. And I think that's ultimately part of the reason why we wanted this podcast in the first place was being able mm-hmm. to track our journeys. And then hopefully, if we have anyone who listens to these, they can kind of come alongside and have their own journey of figuring out what's my future going to look like? What am I going to commit myself to? What do I want to be passionate about? It doesn't have to be anything that we necessarily talk about, 
in particular here, but it kind of opens up the conversation to say, huh, like, is there value in having passion in my life? And if so, where do I want to put that passion? And where do I want to, what do I want to translate that into? And you know what? I hope that, I really hope that whoever listens, including ourselves and, you know, the people that we potentially yeah, Probably exactly. Mom, Our family. Mom, but I really hope that it does <laughs> challenge you to take a step back and really assess, am I passionate about something? And if I'm not, or I can't think of something that I am passionate about in this current moment, have I ever been passionate about something? And really, I think yeah, it's such a valuable experience to reflect on our own lives, but also to uh, challenge ourselves to really look at the, you know, when you do figure out something that you are passionate about, or if you can list something or three things, really evaluating how you felt or how you feel when you talk about those things or when you pursue those things. I mean, I love to read and to intake about topics that I love. And so, because it, it makes me happy and it challenges me and I, I like that. And so how do you feel when you're, when you're pursuing the things you're passionate about versus, you know, maybe, something you're not passionate about. Think about your job. Is there anything within that that you're passionate about Um, or your schoolwork or whatever it is, your family? I think that even if you can find the smallest of things to that you can recognize, oh, that is something that I really, really, really care about, Um, that it'll it'll take it'll be those baby steps that will lead you to maybe something um, bigger or something that you realize oh, no, this is something I care about and this is something I want to share with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my little mini soapbox. I was just telling Kyle. Kyle is Woo, they just got married. While we do live in this... I did just get married in coronavirus times. Wasn't that such <laughs> a bold move? Um, while I am in the South currently, I did go... I was born and raised in San Francisco literally till I came to college at A&M. So I think it's interesting because I feel like I've always felt like I live in this weird back and forth where my California friends, you know, that's a whole what, like that's a lifestyle versus my Texas friends is a whole nother lifestyle. (laughs) And I just am like, I don't even know. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, And anyways, um, and I think it's given me a good window into, into sort of just, I don't know, my mini soapbox of, I think we're so busy fighting for an ideology and it's like fighting for something that we might not even really care that much about. But I think that there's, I think that, and I hate to like be, you know, dogging on politics this whole time by any means, that's not necessarily my goal, but I think that it kind of, what they've done is play into every human being's Mm -hmm. desire to belong somewhere. And I think we all desire to be a part of something, right? Like we went to A&M, a&M has so much tradition. They're like, I remember we had someone come and talk to one of my, I was in something called Business Fellows, and they came and talked to, we had a speaker who talked about tribalism and how you can be so a part of something and belong to something so strongly that you literally like hate the other side. And he made a joke about A&M, you know, we hate UT, right? Like, boo Longhorns. And it's all fun and games, but when you actually think about it realistically, it's like, wow, when you put that on as something that you're, you put on a grander scale, like people really hate the other people. And it's really sad to me because I'm like, how are we ever going to figure out anything or get anything done? Because we all just are just trying, we're just listening to ourselves talk. Like we're just pushing in more of our ideology to people who don't even have the ears to listen because they're so deep into their ideology that they don't even, they can't even like literally take a step back to listen to what you're saying, you know, and my little soapbox is just, I wish everyone would take a deep breath, take a step back and say, okay, you know what? We're all human beings. We're all figuring this out. How can we actually progress as a nation? What do I need to do? What biases do I have? What, what things in myself do I need to work on? And instead of dying on every hill and being offended by everything someone says, saying, let me just pick one thing to be, like, really passionate about and 
commit myself to it and learn about it and be knowledgeable. That's also a pet peeve of mine. It's like people like not being knowledgeable about, I I will literally never have a conversation with someone about something that I have not done my own research on because I think it's, I mean, I, and I, unless they're just like telling me about this thing they're passionate about, but I think it's just, we have this tendency to fight on a topic when all we did was read one news source and it was a very biased news source and that's just our world now and I think there's so many bigger issues going on in our justice system in our world systemically that we are so busy fighting with our neighbors to under to take a step back and say maybe this person my neighbor isn't the enemy maybe I'm fighting the wrong battle and if I can't take a step back to identify the battle I'm even fighting anymore like that's a problem right I don't know. I just think that I, in college, did a lot also research background on <laughs> the opioid crisis and big pharma, if you knew all about all that stuff that happened. And I, I think it's just reality, right? Like, we're so busy fighting with each other that we don't see these huge issues, like, right in front of us, you know? And these people who are totally taking advantage of common people like us, you know? And I, it frustrates me. And I, I wish that we, as a as a society and as a population would just come together and say, my neighbor is not the enemy here, you know? And I need to, I need to have the self-awareness to figure out what is true and, and therefore know Mm -hmm. actually what I'm like fighting for, you know? I just think we just aimlessly fight. Absolutely. And I think part of doing this podcast is, one for me to figure out people's stories and I hope and pray we bring people on here who are who think totally different than we do because I think that's how fruitful conversations happen you know and we have the things that we're passionate about but I don't know I'm hoping that my mindset grows from this I'm hoping that anyone who's listening mindset grows from this and I'm hoping that anyone who's listening wouldn't immediately jump to, oh, that's wrong. Oh, what that person said. I disagree with that. Or did they know about this fact? Did they know about this? Like, just, just everyone chill out. <laughs> oh my goodness. You like, like literally our world is just so hung up about everything always. And it's, well, it's exhausting. Yes. Um, you know? No, I was going to say, I think. Welcome to my. Yes. My I was about to say, boxes. I think Abigail just showed us all a fantastic example of a soapbox and you can just I mean obviously I'm looking at her but you can hear how passionate she is just about all all of those things and and even I mean you bring up so many great points that are all very related and very important um and something that I have actually thought about is you know if I if I choose to die on a hill of um I think PB&Js are the best sandwich in the whole wide world you've been like you've been like consciously picking non-controversial well i just i'm trying to give examples and also (laughs) like something that i don't actually like i don't pb and j's are great but like like yeah yeah but if i if i like give my life to pb and j's are the best sandwich and somebody else is also (laughs) giving their life to this stance that pb and j's are the worst like we are we are both spending our lives thinking that our life's work is so noble and so great and we're both just head to head with each other and i think it's just an, an interesting concept because i just it, that kind of yes i'm like, like that imagery just come, you know? just reminds me of how much we like one my, like all my work not that it's for nothing but where like where is the progress there and also it just pushes me away from the other and it pushes me away from mm-hmm. somebody who has a different opinion than me if if I'm you know focused on the yeah. fact that this person's wrong and I've got them in my crosshairs and you know big red x's take them down and that is just I don't think that that's productive for yeah. anybody and I I hope that my perspective changes as well as like you said, people listening, um, yours, whoever, uh, just through being able to see the, the, the depth of people's passions. And it's just, yeah, 
I think there's a lot of danger in being passionate for the sake of being passionate and to be passionate with for a purpose or um, for the sake of something good. And in it's almost it's just like <laughs> it's like I don't I, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. I just think of what what would the world be if we all of if our first approach yeah. was empathy. Like imagine the actual conversations that could be had and the progress that could be made if instead of hating the other side, we looked at them and said, I have empathy for you. You've been hurt. I've been hurt. If we want to find a common goal and move the world forward, that's how any change mm-hmm. is going to happen, you know, is, is being able to have those conversations and for your first to come at it with love because no one responds well to no anger and, and the yelling. world doesn't I mean, need any on, more right like that's just common sense like when you're a kid and your parents yell at you you're not like man i just love you thanks for yelling at me you know but when your parents come to you and they're super loving and they're hey like you know we're talking about what you did wrong or whatever it is you're you're more apt to listen to them because you know that they love you but if you've never built that like the friend i was saying earlier the reason her and I can have all these disagreements and still be good friends Mm -hmm. is because we built that trust. And I know she cares for me. And so how we ever expect to be able to have those conversations with people if they don't know that our intentions are, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to make progress here. And so let's put our, let's put our arms down and like, let's try to move forward. Anyways. Also Grace and I's conversations as a side note, never have a, straight line of thought through them in case you guys haven't picked that up yet so we're literally sitting here with an outline that we were going to follow and i'm gonna let you know most of this (laughs) is not on the outline okay so i'm just gonna gonna expose us right there um i was saying to grace before this we just need to have um grace for ourselves because this is not you know we're just gonna roll with it and the first of anything usually isn't <laughs> the best product you put out, but it, you got to start somewhere, you know? And I think, honestly, the amount of times I started something and not followed through mm-hmm. is, like, frustrating to me. So I'm proud of us for just doing it and saying we we're going to do something and sticking to it. And hopefully we, there's an episode <laughs> two that comes. Oh, there will be. <laughs> and we don't do one, you know? But to at least talk a little bit more of what was on our outline because I know we cared about the things that were on here and wrote them with purpose (laughs) I'd love to just talk a little bit more maybe about us in particular and so so now we kind of know why did we start it we are very passionate people we want to find out what we want to commit ourselves to what's that thing that we're going to be really passionate about and learning about other people's passions and stories along the way because I think stories are really important and I think that there's power in testimony because I think what with what we were saying, oh, wow, there was purpose to our rant, our offsided rant. Uh, when you are able to hear someone's story instead of just their opinion, I think it is very powerful because, um, you know, Grace and I are both Christians and there's a story Jesus talks about how you can't refute his testimony because he knows who sent him. And I bring that up to say, when you had your story, like no one can tell you your story is not true. You lived it. You know you lived it, right? So I think that there's importance in sharing stories. And I wanted, we wanted to bring people on here who were going to share their stories. And so instead of coming with us with, here's my opinions about all of these different things, it's saying, here's my life that I've lived. And it's led me to believe these things. And I think that when that's your approach to hearing people, that helps grow your empathy, that helps you understand maybe a side that you didn't think about before um so that was kind of and to just track our progress and see how our passions change throughout time throughout hearing other people and hopefully grace and i have made about a thousand jokes that we were going to start a nonprofit today. <laughs> so who knows maybe this will be the, the birth of that um which we would love but yeah so a little about us and like we talked about we're very passionate human beings um grace you want to talk a little bit about maybe give me a little bit of kind of a short snippet of your upbringing and what you studied in college why you studied that and then maybe a few of the things that yeah so I 
I think really, for, at least for what's applicable to kind of the topic of conversation, I started learning about things that I care about more so in high school. And I really loved, I was really into health and I loved, I've always loved school, but I loved uh, like learning all of the medical terms and the, just all of the science and anatomy and all this kind of stuff. And then I decided to study that in college and I realized that I'm not smart enough for it <laughs> and not really that, but it, actually, this is a good point. College is really hard and college science was really hard, but I didn't care enough about it to put in the work that it, that it needed for me to be good at it. And so it was kind of in that moment that I decided, okay, I don't, I always was interested in health. I know that I don't want to do this or I don't care enough about it. So what is it that I do want to do? And that was a moment for me freshman year that I almost dropped out of college. Um, I'm glad I didn't because I was kind of having this identity <laughs> crisis Yeah, that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, which, okay, to this day, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, and at that point I was what, 18. So I just was, you know, crippling with this just stress over what I was going to do. But, you know, at the time I knew that I really cared about ministry. I really loved people and I really loved their stories. And I came across the nonprofit management track in the business school and said, you know what? sure, I'll try it. And just kind of leaped into it knowing like, okay, some of my, some of my passions are leading me down this road. We'll see if I like it. And it just was a door that opened to this whole new world of things that I care about and things that I can be passionate about. Even I really loved everything that I studied. I loved finance. <laughs> I loved accounting. Blah. I loved marketing. I loved it all. Yeah. And I really loved my nonprofit classes. And so um, it was kind of, I stumbled into it, I feel. But the business school was also hard, but I cared enough about it to put in the work to be good at it and to be successful in yeah. it. And so I think that was the first time that I kind of saw something that needed a lot of care and attention for me to be successful at it. But I wanted to put in that that time and that effort. And it wasn't just something that I had to do because college is something that people do, or I just ended up here. It was, and I actually care about what I'm learning. It's challenging my mindset. I'm growing a lot and I really enjoy it. And I almost feel like, you know, af after graduation and, and walking into a full-time job that, and even this, starting this up and having these conversations is almost a continuation of that. Um, I am a big advocate that we're lifelong learners and I love learning and I love intaking. And so I think that, you know, I, I'm somebody that looks at my full-time job and says, okay, now that I've been in this for six months, I really love these aspects. I really hate these aspects. I would love to be able to, to improve here because I care about it. And, you know, unfortunately I am lazy sometimes, <laughs> but I think that when I, when I really start thinking about why I care about something and why I'm passionate about something, then my motivation starts to flourish a lot more. And so, um, that's kind of my, my journey a little bit with, or I guess my background more so and really journey to here, but Abigail and I, you know, we've been friends since freshman year of college. Um, we met through our sorority, but it, it's, We've always been, she's always been the person that I feel like I can safely talk about these crazy topics that I care about. And I know that she'll engage with me back. Like I, I've talked to a lot of my friends, including my family, and I've told them, you know, I just want to be listened to. And I want to have a real, I want to have like a real conversation <laughs> that is a challenging conversation about whatever topic I'm, you know, blowing yeah. up about that day. And Abigail is that person that I can have those conversations with. And so even her friendship has really just grown my, my, my mindset and my care. And I, I mean, I've even, I've even learned so much about topics that she cares about that I've never even thought about. Um, and so <laughs> I think that through all of that, 
I've found that I'm very passionate about, like I said, people, but I'm very passionate about ministry, specifically high school aged girls. Love them. They're the best. Um, I am really (laughs) passionate about sustainability and sustainable fashion and social businesses, B corporations, all that kind of stuff, which kind of ties into minimalism, yada, yada. Um, Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of stuff and yeah, We're working on I it. don't always recycle. I'll admit <laughs> it, but I think you know, this is a whole nother topic, but it's a journey. So you got to give yourself grace for where you're at. Um, and I mean, those are, I don't know. Those are a few things that I do know for sure that I care about. Yeah. And I think the rest is just trying to figure it out, which is, Hey, why I'm here. So that's a little bit yeah. of my background. I am living in Austin, Texas. I, like I said, I have a full-time job. Um, and I live with some roommates. I'm not married. And that's kind of, kind of the, yeah, that's the gist of, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I do have to shout that out because it's the best city ever. And I'll, yeah. <laughs> Abigail, what about you? No, I love it. Hey, thanks. That was so nice. And Grace is definitely, yes, I have learned a ton from Grace as well. And I have literally said I Grace and I are just I'm like Grace when are we starting that business or starting that nonprofit? like someone that just gets me hyped to I think that deep down every person has things that they care about but it takes those people around them to really get it out of them and to get them excited to, to do something about those things and Grace is just one of those people that has ignited fires in me that needed someone else to ignite right like I mean we all struggle with doubting ourselves with doubting the things that we can do and having those kind of people who you see them chasing their passions and you're like dang I want to do that like look at Grace go you know um Grace is just an amazing friend just love her so much um learned lots about (laughs) sustainability from her and about companies that do things for the (laughs) environment and I love it because I honestly did not know a lot about any of that I didn't even know that thing that was going on. And then when Grace told me all about it, I was like, dang, I'm convicted. I love <laughs> clothes. Wow. But then it just made me take a step back and say, okay, well, why do I love clothes? And like, what is it about shopping that is so comforting to me? And honestly, it took like a little self-discovery. Like, wow, okay. You know, maybe I need to, to check where I'm, buying my clothes from and what I'm like spending my money on and anyways so I'm grateful for Grace she is and very good friend she's a good encourager she's a good just person to have in your life she'll get you hyped on everything and it's the best um too kind yeah she's better at words (laughs) of encouragement than I am I'm not the greatest at it but that's okay um not good at giving them not good at see we all have our flaws it's okay when I was in high school when I was in high school, my one of my uh, like you know group leaders, she was a mom, and I I will never forget when she made me sit in a chair and she just complimented me because she's like, you need to learn how to take this because I would always just deflect, and I think it's it's sad because I think it's like just deep down you don't believe it, right? You think people are just like you don't actually think that about me because you just have so much. You're mm-hmm. just so insecure, right? So when people say those things about you, you're like, no, no, no. Um, but anyway, so thank you, Grace. I love you. Um, yeah, for me, I uh, am living in Houston. So that makes Grace happy. It makes me happy. So when she visits it's her family, best. I get to see her. Um, but I'm from San Francisco. Not really San Francisco. I'm from a town called Danville. Um, but no one knows where that is. So I just say San Francisco. And yeah, going, so I went on a trip to Ethiopia, my summer going into my senior year of college. And that for me was when I felt such a pressing to, I don't know, help people with my life. And I think that I, I think everyone kind of wants to feel like they've done that to some extent. Um, But tangibly just helping people, I, I think I've never realized how much joy can come from when you give yourself when you, I don't know, just no matter the cost to yourself, but you help other people. I mean, it's just so much more fulfilling, I've found, than <laughs> shopping or, you know, whatever it is. And 
so I remember I wanted to study, I think, social work. And I don't even think I really knew what that was going to entail. But I, I'm a nerd. I've always loved school. I love learning. I'm like Grace. Like, I have three books on my nightstand. I, I literally just love learning. Like, I think it's just so interesting. I love hearing people's stories. I love just taking it all in. And my mom encouraged me to study business in college because that would open probably just some more doors in regards to if I wanted to start a nonprofit one day or whatever it was, just being able to speak the language of business was going to be really important. And I was a defiant little high schooler. So I was like, no, I don't want, you know, but she was right. Thanks mom. Uh, And so went in, studied, I did my master's, I did the accounting program. So I'm like super nerd in business because I did accounting, which most people are like, why did you ever do that? I don't know. For some reason, I liked it. Can't explain it. Um, Accounting. And then I did my master's in uh, entrepreneurial leadership. But then I also did my, I did a sort of like a minor, I guess, in nonprofit and social innovation is now the way that they describe it. Though I think it was just like nonprofit management. Back in the OG stage. Sounds so much more easy now. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I love uh, nonprofit stuff like Grace. That's how we would just get hype on everything. Shout out to Kyle Gamenthal. He was just like the greatest professor that we had and just challenged us a lot. Um, And so I think for me, that's where I started realizing he, there was this, class we took called strategic philanthropy where we got to give out um real money to nonprofits in the area around A&M and they applied for grants and we read the grants and gave out money and but there was a uh, exercise that we did in the beginning of the class where he gave everyone ten dollars and he said go do good with this and it was so cool to come back and see. And there's a lot of pressure. You're like, how, how am I going to do good? What does that even mean? And everyone came back and everyone did something completely different with that $10. And I think it really opened my eyes to say, one, helping people can look like a million different things. And it doesn't have to look like having a million dollars and being able to give it all away. Um, though that is important. Donating things is very important. But two, it also just showed me I can make a difference now. Like I don't need to wait till I'm older and I have a bajillion dollars, right, to do something. Like, I can actually start making a difference where I'm at. Um, And then kind of on – so I think that's, for me, what's led me to even where we're at right now, like starting a podcast because, you know, I think that we don't have to wait till we're older in order to make a difference. And honestly, it really bothers me when people tell you, like, oh, it's just because you're young. That's why you, like – when you get older, you'll understand. And I'm like, don't diminish me because I'm young. Okay, sorry. Other random soapbox. But um, I think for me, the things that I've always been really passionate about, and I think maybe later on in another podcast, this one's getting long, we'll talk about why we're passionate about the things that we are in our stories. Um, but for me, I kind of I was saying to Grace it's like our draft picks like what we think you know we're picking them now we're see if like this is really what we're so passionate about uh at the end of all this but uh one for me is just kind of women's equality women's value feminism whatever you want to call it um I don't think women have ever been given like have ever been valued um in the way that they should be in our world and so I care a lot about that and about abuse and any type of abuse, whatever that is, and just all of that. That's a whole umbrella of things. Um, I care a lot about people experiencing homelessness. Growing up in San Francisco, I was just always really aware of that, uh, the people around me, and, um, you know, would always bring power bars when I'd go into the city and, like, hand them out to people because I didn't have a ton of money, but I had money to buy some cliff bars and give them out to people if they were hungry. And I don't know. I just don't. No one knows what the exact solution is. And even when I got to college, I did a lot of work with um, the homeless shelter in Bryan and um, really opened my eyes to a lot. And then probably so many things passionate about. But then also probably honestly just like the injustice in our like prison systems. I've read Just Mercy. I think that's literally one of my favorite books of all time. I don't know. Just really opens your eyes to a lot. And 
adjust the system that you hope would be just and it's not sometimes and so that is honestly most times maybe but anyway so hopefully we can have some people on to talk about their experiences with those topics that grace said and what i said and then lots of other things as we figure out impassions also as a side note i swear this is almost done but can also be like hobbies they don't always have to be like super intense like social issues they can also just be like i passionate about like, oh that, yeah you know like, I was gonna yeah, say I just right I was gonna there. say like I mentioned earlier I really do care about people not sitting in the left-hand lane when they drive <laughs> I hate it but also I like I think I grew up as a dancer and I am very passionate about the benefits of dancing even if you look like it dance like no one's watching even if you look like an idiot it's just so <laughs> important <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that what I would like to ask yeah. Abigail is, um, do you currently have a passion of the week? Because mm-hmm. our our passions change. Like I can, I I care about yeah. something different every week. And let me, for example, this week, I'm on. I'm, I'm, I would say I, I'm, I've been passionate about two things. One is the importance of a morning routine, which actually Abigail kind of got mm-hmm. me on this a little bit, but the importance of a morning routine and also the positive effects of reading fiction novels. So those are just two examples for you guys of passions that have been ignited in me oh, that's th- this week. <laughs> This week, just this week alone, do you guys see how much we jumped from everything? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yes, the morning routine that's been a big one. Uh, Kyle and I uh, have a skincare routine now, which is just pretty much washing our face with like basic Neutrogena it wash, counts. but it counts, you know. Um, it's not like 15 steps, but it wakes you up for sure, and then doing some little like morning yoga you know reading our bibles on our little porch and that's in our new thing and i can feel the days when i don't do it i am like my yoga like the yoga lady on youtube would say oh my god centered <laughs> okay i can feel it you little yogi <laughs> uh, but um yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think i did i'm sorry that one came out of nowhere um, but yeah um okay this one's not going to sound as cool and interesting as yours but I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and he talks about like setting up a corporation for your money to go through so you don't get taxed as much and I just as an accountant am trying to understand the ethical mm-hmm. mindset of that of like okay like I totally get like I mean that's nothing new people try like companies do that all the time where they set up their corporation in Delaware because it has better like tax benefits or in other countries. I mean, companies do that all the time. Super large companies, some of them like literally don't pay like enough in taxes. So I get it. But I'm just like, where's the line ethically with, I don't know. I mean, are taxes even ethical? Who the heck knows, right? Like, I mean, it's a whole nother conversation. But if you can't tell, that's kind of been the rabbit hole I've been on this week. Because he's talking about it. And I'm like, Okay, but like everything I've learned in tax, I'm in the middle of CPA exams right now. Really fun. And everything I've learned about tax law is like, at the end of the day, like you're still going to get taxed. It just might be a little bit less than what you thought. Like, you know, if you set up a corporation, it's not like you don't, I don't know. Clearly, I haven't fully formulated it. I just kind of been reading. Kyle and I, our new routine is that we, we always read before we go to bed instead of watching TV. Because then we always have a hard time falling asleep. Um... So anyways, I was just telling, I was talking to Kyle about it last night. I was just kind of like, where's, where's the line ethically of trying to go around the system? But is the system in itself ethical, right? But I guess you can't rely on the whole system to be ethical. It's just like, I think ethics is a lot of just your own personal action. Like, what are you going to do? Maybe the people around you aren't ethical, but are you going to be ethical, you know? And I'm just Hmm. like, I don't know. Anyways. That's been my current, my current, uh, not, I don't know, passion or just like thing that I think about when my brain isn't right. normally Normal operating. people daydream about their best friends and boyfriends and things. And we think about 
And here I am. Yeah. What's the ethical line of setting up a corporation? Which I don't know if she didn't plug this, but Abigail's really smart. I don't know if you guys have picked up that she has a master's. She's an accountant, (laughs) CPA, all that kind of stuff. She is quite intelligent. And I think that's one of the reasons why we work so well because she really. Well, you're also say- very intelligent. I don't even know where you're going to go with that, but I can't imagine it was... No, no, no. I was just going to say that you challenged me to think deeper. Like, you okay, you get okay, to good. places faster. Oh, and- I did think of... Yeah. I did think of something as we were talking. My passion right now, too, is, like, for people to stop saying sorry. I feel like this has been a long-time passion for you. So- okay, honestly, yeah. But I just kind of been, like, made more aware of it lately. Of just people always saying sorry for everything, right? Hey, I carved out this time to talk, you know, not like, and I'm just be yourself (laughs) or say thank Mm -hmm. you for your patience, right? Like, it's all just in, I don't know. I just think sometimes, and I don't know if it's just if it's if it's more of a girl thing than it is a guy thing, but it's like at this point, we're just saying sorry for our existence. Like, it's just sad. We apologize for everything, and I think there, I think forgiveness is important but I'm not talking about you know I hurt your feelings I'm sorry I'm talking about sorry you know sorry I'm talking too much sorry I'm being too passionate I'm being too excited sorry you know just like apologize Mm -hmm. for personality traits and things about us that make us special and that's one of my one of my things right now that I just I don't know I just want people to figure out who they are figure out their passion about and own it and just stop feeling so bad for being passionate and stop feeling so bad for talking a lot or whatever it is. I don't know. I just like, I feel like I've lost so much time in my life to holding myself back because I was afraid of what Oof. people were going to think about me. If that didn't hit you, I don't know what will. You know? Okay, it's, so it's action items talk. are one. Yeah, we need to always end these yes. with action items, One, take a step, like just evaluate your week. What is, what is something, something yeah. small? that you got passionate about two when you're driving in the car when you go to the grocery store and leave you know quarantining shut down whatever lol the life that we live um blast sorry not sorry by demi lovato make it your anthem this week and (laughs) third action item it would be tune into our next episode i love it that was great it's a great transition. This well, this has been fun. fun. Me too. To me this too. Again. This isn't the end of this. This is only the beginning. Only the beginning. All right. All right. Signing off.